So we're in the midst of a sermon series that I titled Divine Guidance, God's Will for Your Life. Wow. Wouldn't your neighbors love to know about that? Get to know them. Invite them. Invite them to listen in if they're not comfortable coming. It's online. Tell them about that. And then once they get the message that Jesus is speaking to them, invite them to come to church with you and be a part of the body. The, the anchor verse for this sermon series comes from Romans chapter 12, verse 2. The second half of verse 2 where it says, that we will indeed be able to walk confidently in the will of God because we will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and his perfect will. We started this series by talking about rebound, how important it is to be in fellowship with God using 1 John 1.9. Then we looked at some holy habits. You've heard about spiritual disciplines, Pick some that will help you to focus on God each and every day of your life. And then we talked last week about knowing the will of God. Today we're going to look at yield, how, how we yield to God and we grow in his grace. You can start to open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 6 and 2 Peter chapter 3. We're going to be looking at verses from both of those. Next week, I'm going to um, be gone to catch some deers with my son-in-law <laughs> in Ohio. Deer season opens next week already. Um, Max is going to be bringing the message, and then we'll get back into the series here about God's will for your life. Um, when I get back, Stephen Denae Morell will be here. So the first Sunday of October, they're going to come up here in front with me and share about their mission and their ministry. And I'm going to have them focus on what we call our mission statement. And I'm curious about how their missions really follow the Great Commandment. And so they're going to tell us about how they meet people where they are. How they show them Jesus. How they celebrate their commitment. And how they are reaching the world for Jesus and growing together towards spiritual maturity. Okay, so that's coming up. Our sermon today, I want to just give you a summary, is about divine guidance and how it comes to those who yield to God, to God's will, and how we grow in God's grace. We must know the Word of God in order to yield to the will of God. Then we need to know how to be filled with the Holy Spirit by knowing the Word of God and, and yielding to Him and rebounding and being filled with the Spirit so that we can have the Holy Spirit's power to execute God's will for our life. And that all really boils down to our relationship 
with Jesus. So we will look at yielding to God, God's will. His, we're going to look at a theological word. The word is carnal. It's not a good theological word for a Christian. Well, we need to understand what it means. And then we need to realize that we don't need to fear because grace is here. So let's first go to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Verses 13 and 14. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God. Some translations say, yield yourself to God. That's where I came up with the sermon title. Offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness for sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law but you are under grace and then in second peter chapter 3 starting at verse 18 It says, but grow in grace. So let me just go back and read verse 17 first so we know why. It says, but grow in grace. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position. But grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. So what's it mean to yield to God's will, to offer ourselves to God, to fully comprehend what we are being asked to do in yielding ourselves to God's will? We really need to go back to our foundation verse in Romans chapter 12, verse 2 where it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. This statement just drives us to the desire to know what God's will is for our life. And this verse is actually preceded by a most profound urging in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, where he urges us to offer ourselves, to yield our bodies as a living sacrifice, which is a spiritual act of worship. The Greek word used in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, is the same as that word used in Romans chapter 6, verse 13, where in the Pew Bibles it's transferred, offer yourself. could also be translated, yield yourself to God. To yield is to release all that you are so that you become a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is our spiritual act of worship. If we truly understand this, then we will understand 
that this is not a one-and-done thing. Your yieldedness to God today does not mean that when you wake up in the morning, you're yielded to Him again. You need to continually focus on God. Yield yourself to Him. Our flesh fights that notion because of our old sin nature. And God wants all of us all the time. Because we have been brought from death to life. We are to yield to God so that we become instruments that God can use as righteousness. We must release all that we are and walk in fellowship with God moment by moment. The only way to be in fellowship with God is to be cleansed from all our sin. God does not have fellowship with sin. This should be bringing up the uh, reminder to you from the first message in this series. Rebound! We need to open up that conversation with God and say, hey, God, you've got the right way. I have fallen short. And at that moment, God will cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Once we realize that all our sin was judged at the cross and we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we need to continue to walk in righteousness, not offering any of our life to sin. But we still have that old sin nature in us, and inevitably we are going to fall short of the glory of God. And that's why it's so important to rebound. God cleanses us when we rebound of all our sins, even those unknown sins. So at that moment that you speak to him and confess to him, you are made righteous and holy. But what's the other option? Well, the other option is carnality. So the theological word of the day that I want to talk about is carnal. I want to introduce you to this word if you're not familiar with it. Carnal means that we are living in the flesh, not in the spiritual. Carnal is the manifestation of our old sin nature. It does not mean that you've lost your status of salvation or your status as a Christian. But it does mean that you are conforming to the patterns of this world. You are, you are out of fellowship with God. In a status quo state of carnality, it is impossible for you to be guided in your life by the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't like mixing politics and the church. But herein lies a good illustration of the term carnal. Our country today is either being run by non-Christians, those who do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and the sovereignty of God over all things, or we are being run by those who call themselves Christians but decide to walk according to the world. That's carnality. They are not walking 
with Christ. A non-negotiable step of the carnal Christian is to yield to God, to find divine guidance, to humble oneself, to repent, to confess our sins to God, to open up that conversation with God, that God, we have failed. We must move from carnal to spiritual in our life. Move from conforming to the patterns of this world and being transformed to the mind of Christ. If we are going to do the will of God, we need to be controlled by the Spirit of God. And it's impossible to know and do the will of God for our life apart from the filling of the Holy Spirit. A carnal believer is not filled with the Spirit of God. Yielding to God's will is being filled with the Holy Spirit, being in relationship with Jesus. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 says this, Be filled with the Holy Spirit always. Always. Really, the only deterrent to the Holy Spirit's control in our life is our sin. This is what Romans 6.13 is all about. Are we going to yield to sin? Are we going to give ourselves over to be an instrument of wickedness? Worldliness? Carnality? Or are we going to yield to God's will for our life? Will we release all that we are and all that we have to become an instrument of righteousness to allow Jesus to be Lord of our life? Last week, we talked about how to know God's will for a particular situation in your life. And this week, when we talk about yielding to the will of God, we are considering having the will of God as the rule of all of who we are. Romans 6.13 is urging us to choose God's will to be final. Even before we know what His will is, we choose to follow Him and His will, and He will make His will known to us. It's not a question of being willing to do just one thing. It's a question of being willing to do anything that God calls us to do because we know it's going to be good. We must know the Word of God in order to yield to the will of God. We must have the power of the Holy Spirit through the filling of the Spirit in order to execute the will of God. We need to be in relationship with God. Beware. A carnal Christian does not yield to the will of God. Nor will they be able to execute the will of God because they have quenched the Holy Spirit in their sin. They do not have the power of His Spirit in them. 
The fact is, some carnal Christians actually act worse than unbelievers. You can't tell whether a person, person is a believer or not by what they did. Carnal Christians can act worse than unbelievers. In fact, carnal Christians give Christians a bad name, don't they? We need to continually walk in the Spirit of God. Now you may think that this sounds like a whole lot of personal responsibility and work. You may be thinking, maybe I'm just not good enough to be able to know the will of God, to yield to the will of God, to execute the will of God. But our scripture today tells us, do not fear, grace is here. Look again at Romans 6.14. You are not under the law. You are under grace, the grace of God. When you become a Christian, Jesus is Lord of your life. He's your Lord and your Savior. Do not let guilt Do not let the shame of your sin hold you back. Grace is the sum total of God's plan for your life. You were saved by grace, and you will live by grace. 2 Peter 3.18 tells us to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Only by the grace of God can we move forward in his plan. Divine guidance occurs one step at a time. Each step we take toward God's will is a step toward growth in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It is an opportunity for us to advance in our life and in our knowledge, in our skills and in our abilities of living the Christian life, the good Christian life, not the carnality that carnal Christians live. We can walk in fellowship with God. Under the power of the Holy Spirit, we can have a relationship with Jesus. And we need to start celebrating this relationship. Like I started out with this morning, we need to celebrate where the Holy Spirit is working in our lives, where God is answering prayers in our lives. We need to encourage and spur one another on because of the power of God's Holy Spirit in our lives. We can be a mature Christian. It means that we are living under divine guidance to the maximum extent possible. Our life will be filled with seeking God's will through learning his word. Each day of our life is about releasing all that we are and all that we have to the control of the Holy Spirit. We execute this by rebounding moment by moment. Every time that you just think a sinful thought, Jesus says it's a sin. Rebound, open up that conversation between you and God. Praise be to God, the Father, the Son, 
and the Holy Ghost. Do not fear. Grace is here. Just as there were some common mistakes about knowing the will of God that we looked at last week, we need to look at some undeniable real-life issues that must be addressed if we fully want to understand divine guidance, God's will for our life, in yielding to him and growing in grace. Real-life issue number one, what think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? Even Jesus asks us this question. Divine guidance is all part of God's plan for your life. You know, from the beginning of time as we know it, when you read in Genesis chapter 1, God had a plan to have a relationship with you. That's why he created man and woman to have a relationship with them. God knew all the while that man would fall, and we did. And that's why we've got the old sin nature in us now. But he provided a way that we could build a relationship with him. He said, look at here. Here are our Ten Commandments. Just follow these. Just ten It's known as the Old Testament law. God knew all the while that it would be impossible for fallen people to regain a sinless state apart from his grace. So in the Old Testament, he started promising a Savior, a Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one of God would come. Then one day, God broke into history that cataclysmic event that we talked about last week. Jesus, the Christ child, was born. What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? You know, even the self-proclaimed atheists know that something very significant happened. When Jesus was born. Everybody talks about the years B.C. and A.D. B.C. is before Christ. A.D. is Latin for Anno Deni, meaning in the year of our Lord. People have counted years like that ever since Jesus was around. Have you ever heard of the cancel culture? That's not new. People started saying, well, I don't know if I believe in Jesus. I think we should call the years before this whatever happened, happen as the time before the common era. And now we are living in the common era. So we have years BCE leading up to Christ. And we have years after Christ, but they want to call it the common era. It doesn't matter what people call it. The truth is God. And God broke into history and caused a change. 
Jesus Christ was born. God's only son. He lived on this earth. He suffered like you and I. He was tempted by Satan like you and I get tempted by Satan. But Jesus never sinned. Jesus didn't have that old sin nature in him like we do. But he understands what we go through. Jesus became our sacrificial lamb. He was willing to be nailed to a cross in his humanity. Can you imagine the pain of having nails driven through your hands and driven through your feet and then have that cross raised up where you can't breathe unless you pull yourself up to take a breath and whenever you relax, you can't even let air out. While he hung there is when God poured out every sin that was ever committed and would ever be committed. He had you, Jesus had you personally in mind when he hung there on the cross. What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? That's the first undeniable real-life issue that we need to come to grips with. Real-life issue number two, are you willing to take the time to learn the Word of God? Last week, we learned the way to know the will of God is to learn the Word of God. It is in the Word of God where you will find the plan of God. In the Word of God is where you will transform your mind into the mind of Christ. It is in the Word of God where you find very practical, spiritual techniques for living your life. It is in the Word of God where you will find some very specific statements about God's will for your life. And you will find some very specific statements about what's against God's will for your life. It is in the Word of God where we find salvation. In the Word of God is where we find promises from God that we can take and live by in our lives. It's in the Word of God where we find and learn about God's grace. Here's some very practical ways that you can learn the Word of God. First of all, pick up a book like this that says Holy Bible, open it up and read it. Read the Bible. Another thing you can do is come to church before worship service and come to Sunday school and learn about the Word of God. You can come to church for worship where during the message we open up the Word of God and learn about the Word of God. You can come to church and be part of the men's group and part of the women's group. You can get involved with a small group. Oh, you don't know of a small group? Start one! You can read and study books that are written about the Bible. 
But let me give you a word of warning. Know, know who wrote the book. Make sure that the book is based on Bible doctrine. A lot of people claim to be specialists. And they'll take the word of God out of context for, the, for it to mean something they want it to mean rather than what it actually means. So be careful. You can ask your pastor, ask somebody else at church, or you can research the book before you start reading it. You don't want to get drugged down into a very dark place. So the second undeniable real-life issue to yield to God and grow in his grace is are you willing to take time to learn the word of God? And third, do you choose carnality or fellowship with God? Are you living in carnality in the world? Are you yielding to your fleshly desires? Are you wallowing in sin and self-pity and thinking, oh, I just can't be good enough for God? Are you conforming to the world? Are you comfortable where you are? Are you okay with your daily fight of depression? Are you too concerned with making financial ends meet to give God's plan a chance? Or are you really ready to humble yourself before God? Are you willing to repent and confess your sins to God and let him cleanse you of all unrighteousness? Are you ready to rebound back into fellowship whenever you find yourself slipping? Are, are you ready to yield to the will of God for your life? Are you being transformed by the renewing of your mind? Are you releasing all that you are and all that you have to our good heavenly Father and trusting in him? Are you filled with the Holy Spirit as evidenced by the fruit of the Spirit where you can see all things in your life dealing with the fruit that you bear through love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That is the fruit of the Holy Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. The third undeniable real-life issue that must be addressed is do you choose carnality or fellowship with God? And finally, the real-life issue number four, are you growing in grace? Do you continue to struggle to do God's will through your own strength? Do you feel like you are under a law that's a heavy burden on your shoulders? Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy burdened. He says, let it go. The sum total of God's plan is grace. Give it up to him. This means we can't earn it and we, we definitely don't deserve it. But God, I love those words, but God is a gracious God. And he provides the means for us to live under divine guidance. 
The fourth undeniable real-life issue that needs to be addressed is, are you growing in grace? It all boils down to our personal relationship with Jesus. One step at a time, to him be glory, both now and forever. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us your word, for showing us that you do have a good, pleasing, and perfect plan for our lives. Help us to continue to yield to you and to grow in your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.